0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 6 of Multiple Calls. I'm Scott Hewlett. So my guest this episode is a pretty private guy when it comes to his personal life, but he's always up to talk fire. We touch a little bit on his background and his journey before the service, but we cover a lot of other ground. If I had to sum him up in four words, it'd be the art of war. He approaches his life and his work with humility. He seeks wisdom, absorbs it, applies it, and reassesses. It's the OODA loop. Observe, Orient, Decide, and Act. We cover how to make change on divisive topics, fitting into a team, challenging yourself and others with accountability, humility, and respect, the benefits of attention to detail, chess, jujitsu, mentors, strategy, and its applications to the fireground. Recognizing leaders in every position, getting out of your own way, removing the fear of error, walking the talk, and turning that into effective practice. Beyond that, we look at choosing your level of promotion based on happiness, setting a realistic tone with your crew, putting yourself out there and keeping the ego in check. The importance of performance appraisals, game changers, helping out wherever you can, above all, being proactive on the fire ground, how to handle flack and criticism afterwards, and peer support. There's a lot here, so buckle up. And now I bring you Jared Newcomb. Jared. Yeah, my brother. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's been a uh, long time trying to uh, get us together, eh?
1: It is, man. Life yeah. it gets in the way. Yeah, it does. But I do appreciate the uh, the opportunity to come down and chat with you, man. love sure. talking fire.
0: Right on. Come a bit closer to the mic and uh, it'll be better for your voice. There you go. Now talk to me.
1: It's like I'm making love to this thing. That's better. That's better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I put Kool Aid on top for us, and we poured oh, ourselves a, a double of it. <laughs> That's right, we did, man. Thank
1: you. Cheers. Salud.
0: <laughs> Salud. No, that was one of the things uh, you threw in your little bio, right? About how, uh, how you sometimes get accused of drinking the Kool Aid, but you just see yourself as a student of the fire service, right? Which, which has been, I guess, a, it's a common theme, right? That we've that we're always touching on that.
1: Drinkers of the Kool-Aid, brother. Yeah, got, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at them right now. <laughs> I'm looking at them right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what, dude? I'm okay with it. Yeah, we've, we've got uh, a box of Kool-Aid at the station. Right. You know they bring it out all the odd time. You know, uh, anytime there's uh, any anything going on, and, and I ask for a standby, whatever the case may be, right. out comes the Kool-Aid, brother. <laughs> yeah. Out comes the Kool-Aid.
0: It's come out at a few uh, retirement parties too, right?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, yeah. man. You know what, what what's uh, what's drinking the Kool-Aid but just being proactive and yeah you know trying to master in the craft brother
0: sure sure so I think the last time we uh, we got to spend like a significant amount of time together was when we worked on uh, ventilation and we were trying to put the divisiveness of uh, that wide spectrum of people being on either side of the PPA PPV.
1: Fuck! What a hot topic that was, wasn't it? Yeah, that oh was. God. That
0: was tough to bring everybody to the middle because it wasn't going anywhere. You know what I mean? Uh, we just sort of had to put it in its own little box and and.
1: Dude, fisticuffs! I'm surprised we didn't come to, to blows a few times. Not not just you and me, but yeah, yeah the the panel as a uh, as as a whole. Yeah. Uh, very divisive. Yeah, wasn't it? And, and and I think it still is to to some degree. You know, the having the knowledge to to understand what fire is all about. You know, and if if you can't apply that, then man, that's not the that's not the tactic
0: for you. It's not right. That's like boy. your that's like your uh, end, the end of the, the education. Like you know what I mean? When you've mm-hmm. not that there's an end to it, but you got I'm saying you got to have a lot under your belt before you start messing with something like that.
1: Well, and, and that's what made it such a, a a tough pill to swallow is that we spent a lot of time just talking about fire behavior. Yeah. And and how uh, air affects fire before. We even got into the tactic,
0: right? Yeah, so it was part of a, a five-year, four or five-year push, I think, for us.
1: It was, uh, you know, dude. I, I remember um, our live fire guys; they they were adamant about uh, having, you know, uh, that that uh, that chart. You know, the the flow flow of how our sequence of operations sure, what sure. would happen on a fire scene, and and. You know nothing was happening and I remember they they brought it to the table I was like yeah you know what guys you're absolutely right yeah we got to do something with this because there's no consistency across the board and I didn't realize getting into it though how much would be involved
0: how far back we had to go like from the start right you got to start at the beginning
1: oh my god
0: and work your way up to it so I mean just to bring people up to speed so we did we did fire behavior um, and then uh, transitional attack was a big thing that, you know, just putting a label on, again on a tactic that's been around forever. That was something we needed to cover because that was, you know, being uh, spoken about and used. And then standard resource deployment, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I wanted
0: to ask you where that, I don't think I ever asked you because like you you were the first one, I think, to bring it to everyone's attention. Like, where did that come from? Did you find that somewhere? Did you? No, dude.
1: You know what? Uh,
0: so we, we, we did the transitional
1: attack. And that that was an opportunity to say, hey man, let's have a let's have a setup. Like like how, how do we approach every fire? Right. You know, what's our action plan? Well fuck, you know what? Let's let's set up like a generic setup so that, you know, we're prepped for, for firefighting, for ventilation, post fire. You know, we've got tools and equipment set up, man. Now you can do whatever tactic you want.
0: Right. So what you, wait, the, the, the way you delivered it was uh it's a windshield survey. Yeah, and you get re- and you get resources moving towards the the structure, which I mean I'm sure a lot of departments have different names for it. Uh, so I'm just trying to frame it so people understand when, when we say that what we mean.
1: So a lot of actors used to come through Station One and they'd say, "Hey man, so you know what? I wrote the exam. I'm I'm ready. I'm eligible. What the fuck's an in- incident action plan? Right? <laughs> yeah. Do I just fly by the seat of my pants? I'm like, no, fuck, dude. You know what? Here's here's a generic setup. You can you can run everything off of it, but you tell the guys, do a 45, man. Just set it up. No smoke showing, no big fucking deal. You look good doing it. You've practiced it. Mm-hmm. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's done. You got a garage fire? Fuck. Um, a master stream or, yeah. or the 65 fast attack. The point is, though, is now the guys were armed with a with an incident action plan They could tell the guys before they even position the truck, mm-hmm. now, hey, guys, go. Yeah. Now I can go ask the questions. Is everybody out? If not, where are they? And then, you know, wh- what's the location of the fire? You do your 360. If you were to go back to our past, man, they used to, to fight fires with three trucks.
0: Right. Three trucks. Yeah.
1: And, and they were good at it.
0: Well, there's pros and cons to that, right? Well,
1: you know what? They fought fires all the time. Right. You know, and so their experience level was off the chart, man. Mm-hmm. These guys were, they were soldiers on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys, you know what? They knew what to do. And and they're the ones that, that I talked to first, much like... Uh, you know, interviewing guys, like what you're doing right now. Yeah. You interview them, you talk to them. Hey, man, so what do you think of this? And they'd be the ones like, yeah, you know what, we need to do that. So th- they were really the, the catalyst behind the, you know, the, the whole SRD and, and having some incident action plans for the guys. And right. I put it together, and then I wanted to do it repeatedly so that I kind of matched like um, uh, when we would do the combat challenge. Right. Just fine-tuning those little skills. Drill it, yeah. Yeah, drill that, it, drill yeah. man, until you're good at it. Dude, if you're judging things before you even try it, you know what? I, at some point you've checked out. To say you're going to do one thing one way all the fucking time, right. it, it's wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. Can I swear? <laughs>
0: as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's labeled explicit for a reason, yeah. All right, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know what, dude? Uh, yeah, if you got the blinders on, you're doing one thing one way all the time, you know what? Check out. Right. Get the fuck out. Right. But if, if you're open to things, you, you got to try everything. Mm-hmm. And then you may get something out of it. Sure, and you may adapt something and and add it to your arsenal. And dude, you, you just become better. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the goal?
0: Yeah. Fuck. Well, this is also where we, we I've I've used this uh, a few times about speaking out of both sides of our mouth, right? Well, you know, mm. guys will say, "Well, every fire is different," and that's uh, that's often used as to say, "Well, you can't you can't train on one thing because well, every fire is different, so you just got to wing it." But basically, that that's that it's like an excuse, right, to not train, to not try and learn.
1: I do agree to a certain, you know, certain extent that every fire is different. But when I say every fire, what I'm referring to is every job is different. Sure. The fire, man, you know what? We did fire dynamics. We did all the, the yeah. training on that. Every fire, the science is the same. Yeah. You can, you can control it with the exchange of air and you got to apply water. Right. You know, <laughs> Imagine that.
0: How about that? Yeah. Go figure. And uh, the, the other thing we handed over to um, was that, you know, you can say they're all different, but mm-hmm. every, you can put them in, in categories. So high-rise fires are way different than residential fires. Sure, yeah. Whole, yeah. Like, you know, detached homes. But, but all detached homes have consistent things about them. All high-rises have some consistent things about them. And there's minute differences amongst them. But I think when you think of categories... Then you can start to hammer down how do we approach that category,
1: right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what? the topography is always always different. Mm-hmm. number of windows that are open versus closed always different right and And that affects how you approach a fire. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have people visible? Don't you? Do you know where they are, are th- th- those are all big, big factors in, in your decision making, right like so. No, you can not apply, uh, fire tactics that you'd use for a residential to say a commercial building. They're different. Mm-hmm. You know, your tactics should be different. Your approaches are different, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you know what? Our mission is life property and scene stabilization, right? That's, that's our mission.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So what, what really, uh, what brought us, uh, really close together, uh, on this, this journey was, um, was the ventilation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that opened up. Um, I, guess I, I don't know, man. No I, pun intended. That opened up a lot of doors. Open a lot. of I think of
1: it goes back further than that. Yeah, I think yeah. it goes way back.
0: But we got, that. we got, we got heavy on that one. There was a lot to cover.
1: Oh, it was for sure. You yeah. know, and it was, it was funny. Even you and I at times fistic up, sure, almost. sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, but agree to disagree. But you know what? At the end of the day, I came out with a with a ton of knowledge. Me too. Uh, yeah, a greater respect for for our job and the people around me.
0: Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna get into something difficult, there's gonna be some difficult moments, right? But we all ha- oh, we, yeah. we have always had the respect there and the end goal mm-hmm. together. So I think that's why it worked out well.
1: Well, the mission was always the same, right? You know, just to become better, better, uh, you know, people, fire guys. At the end of the day, you
0: know, we've done all this work together, but uh, I've never. I don't really know what you did before you got on the job. Like, oh, what, shit. Did, what did you do before? Can you dig that far back? <laughs> Dude, I, I
1: could dig back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh,
0: and when did fire come on the scene for you? When did that, when yeah. did it, what was the start of it? Give me the, give me the lowdown.
1: You know what? Uh, grew up out in BC and not a lot of, not a lot of money, man. So I worked with uh with a guy that uh, we, we did scrapyard stuff. You know, we'd pick up old cars, metal, take it to the, you know, uh, Felix scrapyard, right. get some money, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how it started. And then, then I got into working in the bars, slinging beer and, and bouncing. I did that till I was, I think, twenty. That was a blast, man. I love doing that. <laughs> but uh, from there, I got into lighting and electrical field. Okay. Met my wife, um, and her dad introduced me to the fire chief at that time, and and uh, he would tell me stories, and I'm like, oh shit, dude, that sounds fucked. That's awesome.
0: So did he did he introduce you with a purpose of like introducing you to the service, or was it like, this is a guy I know. You know what? It
1: just turned out it was a fella that I'd met up on the lake, and we would just start talking. You know, uh, uh, you know about what's going on right. and, and work, and and he'd fill me in. And uh, you know, the the passion that he he had when he talked about, you know, the fire service and and the and the men that he worked with, mm-hmm. uh, men and women that he worked with, it was uh, it, it was inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I didn't uh, intend to be a fireman initially. I just I just talked to the fellow and he, he got me kind of keen on it. I
0: tried. So, where were the first steps? Like, what did, where did you go from that conversation? What what was the first thing?
1: The uh, first thing I did was, you know, I put together my resume and, and started applying places, man, mm-hmm. from Ottawa through to, through to London. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of good ends, but I'm, you know, uh, when it comes to, to drinking and writing a test the next day, it, it doesn't really mix very well. <laughs> so, you know, it, uh, I, I just held out, kept doing my thing, and, and eventually I, I did get on. Now, the, the fire chief at that time had, had been long retired, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, it was best thing that ever happened to me, man. Saved my life. Wow. For sure. Saved my life. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so what was your uh, rookie experience like?
1: Dude, Station One, Delta Platoon. Right. Pack of wolves. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, wolves, man. I thought I'd been around the world, done a lot of things, right. lived life, but... These guys, they, they were, they were a tough bunch, you know, love those guys. And and they molded me from, from day one, just to be, you know, uh, I'd say, uh, how do you say this? Uh, To be the best that I could be at at, at every, every task, Mm -hmm. every little function around the department, right, right from cleaning Right through to you know uh, cooking to to doing the 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 trucks right. and then, then on scene and and to follow these guys around because they they were very uh, you know um, uh, precise on a fire scene everything they did had a had a had a purpose and they moved man they they moved and it was fluid on the fire scene and you know what that's I got hooked real quick right. I think fucking day one day one. <laughs> Can I, can I name names? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Gano was the first guy on the back of the truck with me. And wow. I remember day one. Wow. And we we, we fought fires, and he's, he's like, Newcom, slow down, slow down. I had to go for just a little bit. Let's watch. <laughs> 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 and then I would learn, man. But the shenanigans around the hall, mm-hmm. I, I learned from the best, because these guys were really good at it. The rookie experience was... was uh, it was top-notch it set the foundation for the rest of my career
0: did you have any uh, letdowns or disenchantment moments where you thought you know you came in you see this group of people they operate this way did you see other areas in the department not operating at that level and that did you have any frustration with that or was the whole department like that at that time you, you know what uh, I didn't really focus on what was happening outside of the
1: station right and uh, my crux is because really my, my focus at that time was was fitting into a team. They were already a real close-knit bunch. So it was, it was really just a matter of me acclimating myself so that I wasn't the weakest link. So I really wasn't too concerned about other, yeah. other stations, other shifts. I got to a certain point where I felt really comfortable. And then it was like, you know what, fuck, let's start challenging myself. And then I asked Erwin uh, at the time, he was my, my district chief. I said, hey, chief, you mind if I, uh, I try the high level? technical rescue and then I did a seven year stint with uh with the boys down at two you know working with guys like Vasey. it just took oh. me to the next level man. yeah I'm gonna try yeah, and get him level. I'm
0: gonna try and get him on here I don't know if you will but I hope he does yes yeah. dude
1: that guy's got a lot to offer I know <laughs> he got a, a shit ton, for sure.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna bribe him with popsicles I hear <sighs> that. I hear that's his weakness yeah
1: yeah get a, t- get a 24 pack <laughs>
0: I'll just leave a trail of popsicles from yeah. there to here and we'll uh
1: I'm pretty sure you could uh you know allure him with one of these too. a little bit of kool-aid yeah yeah, 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 yeah sure Kool-Aid. <laughs> some kool-aid <and> popsicles yeah
0: <laughs> Maybe I'll make Kool-Aid popsicles for him. Totally blow his mind. Uh, when did combat come into the, the uh, scene for you?
1: You know what? Uh, I think I was three or four years on, and uh, Zeus had had me out to, to the training grounds, and, oh, man, you know what? He, he ran me, and he fucking pushed me. I, I nearly fucking died. <laughs> like, day one.
0: And that was our first time, really, meeting yeah. each other and, and working together, right?
1: Yeah. When did you start? Ninety-eight. 98 so it started in uh 93 i'm telling you dude when he first started doing it and, and two minutes was the that <laughs> was the mark right like the world's fastest man right fucking there two minutes <laughs> uh yeah that's that's all i wanted to do but i, I barely finished my first go around but i i did because he you know they, the guys push you, right and there's no no quit in this it, it's all grit and heart and just keep going but man fucking near died <laughs> i near died like my lungs were bleeding my head was exploding I had to beat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then you learn That's a lot about I... yourself even more that you, you came back and kept doing it right like some people do that and think oh, I'm never doing that ever again
1: dude I thought I was in great shape like right. I thought I was a warrior but oh man <laughs> that, that was humbling experience but it, it kept me coming back though too I, I loved I loved doing the, the combat with Pete and those guys and, and you know what I, I love most about it was that their attention to detail no egos they're just like hey man here try this it was like, oh fuck, Eureka moment! All oh, right, I love it. I just cut down five seconds. Anyways, it was great, man. It was nice to be a part of that team, you know. And and uh, you know, at the time, they were world champs.
0: Well, you're a, you're a tactics and technique and detail person, right? So yeah, stuff yeah. like that 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 puts the bug in your ear
1: for sure. You know, it's you and I have spent a lot of time up there as well. You, me, Walshy, mm-hmm. a, a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. But of course, there's there's certain few that. You know would would help me uh, to to perfect the craft sure uh, on the, on the tower and it was man, we spent a lot of time. I need a lot of work. <laughs> you know what though I got no ego yeah, You know, when it comes to that, so oh, no, I learned you know, that what's from got to, hey come on, fucking show me yeah, show me, dude, and we taught each other yeah, for sure yeah that was uh, that was a humbling experience though <laughs> i I think everybody should do it. In fact, make that your you, you pass that before you can get hired on.
0: Speaking of techniques and tactics and details and and uh, no ego and learning, uh, mm-hmm. you're a big chess guy.
1: Yeah, you, are we gonna play? <laughs> Fuck, I'm ready.
0: That's where you get yeah. it. That's where have to teach me. I I know I know the basic moves. That's about it.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, It's you know what? There's a beginning game, a middle game, and an end game. You know, and it's all in the setups. During my my uh, beginning game, I'm just watching you, dude, seeing what you're doing. And then now I know I'm going to play my middle and my end. <laughs> and, it, and it's no different than than firefighting. But there's a lot of guys, uh, like a lot of our, our former fire chiefs, they're all chess players. Wow. Strategists. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, dude, come on, let's play.
0: Let's see what you got. <laughs> have you tried Go? Are you aware of that game? No. Okay. We're no. going gonna to have to look that up. And, uh, uh, let's go. There's like a next level chess, like chess on steroids.
1: Oh, man. Okay, man yeah, yeah no, I, I haven't heard of it i haven't heard of it i've been out of the loop <laughs> well
0: that's a great segue too so uh you also introduced me to the uh the oodle loop the OODA loop right? yeah dude yeah so yeah. for people that don't know what that is uh give me uh, give me a rundown on that for
1: sure for sure um okay so you, you've got a, a colonel out of the states he's a, an air force pilot and he comes up with this uh this oodle loop it's just a decision-making model and it's all uh based on you know, um, uh, who you're fighting at the time and, and, you know, what's presented to you and and how you take those, uh, those little cues that are presented to you and, and turn it into, um, decision-making. Okay. So you're observing, you're orientating yourself, you're making decisions and part of your decisions to have multiple options of decisions Mm -hmm. like plan A, B, C, D, E, F. And then you think about it. You know, what would your outcome be? You're forecasting and predicting. And then you're making, you're actually taking action. Right. And that action, once you, you take action, it feeds back. Because all of a sudden, you know, something's going to happen. If you're applying water, if it's, if it's not changing color, you know, or if it's not going out, you know right. that there's, you're getting feedback. So then you, you go back to observing, orientating, deciding, and acting. Right. You can adjust, adjust uh, what you're doing to, to the situation. That in itself is it's so simple, it's so easy to think of, and and you can use that when when talking to guys about firefighting. No fire is ever the same. Okay, no right. problem. <laughs> sure, let's uh, let's take a look at what we got. Let's let's see what our 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 frame problem is. What's the life problem? What's the mm. what's the exposure problem? Let's let's consider what our actions are, and let's take action. Right. There's no right or wrong answers. You know what? If somebody decides that they want to do something a particular way, it's good. It's good. At least they're taking action and they'll get feedback right away. I, I use uh, the OODA loop uh, analogy with uh, with a lot of our, our uh, mentoring acting captains. And, you know, it It seems so simple and it it's a no-fucking-brainer that... <laughs> They're like, okay, Gab, yeah, let's let's fucking move on. Let's move on. <laughs> but I, I like it. But applying
0: like it, it's, applying it, and learning it is different. Yeah. Well,
1: applying applying shit under stress is a different. It's a different ball game altogether, mm-hmm. man. When when you've got uh, people screaming, crying, carrying on, and you know, it, it affects you mentally. And if and if you're not, you're not fucking human.
0: Who prepared you for uh, being a captain when you decided to write? Who was you, who were your mentors?
1: Dude, I had one of the best mentors ever. Um, well, I had to, I had a lot. But you know, the guys in particular that I can think of is, is one is Pete Thompson, uh, an old Inglewood guy, still around. He's in his 70s, He's still riding the trucks, dude. He's a monster. And you know what? He uh, he was cool, calm, collected, great guy, great guy. And and I took a lot from him. Um, but you know what? Gano as well, man. Gano was a great guy. Again, Inglewood seems to be the, know, hub, the, eh? the hub, eh? Yeah, hub, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Fucking Mandy, man. <laughs> But yeah, no, no, that's the hub, man, and a lot of those the the, the guys from from Anglewood, man, yeah. um, they've been around.
0: It's that rural get it done mentality, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Let's get her done. Do more with less. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you know, there's been many, you know, many a guys, right? And and it's not just the the captains. A lot of the the the, the guys from the floor, you know, the ideas that they presented much like senior officers are great leaders. So I took, I took a lot of good stuff from those guys as well. And have applied it to being, you know, to working towards being an officer.
0: Mm -hmm. So, uh, something like the OODA loop or these decision-making, um, techniques, was that something that you were introduced to by your mentors? Did you find it later and realize that it was, it was a name for something that they were already doing? When did you, when did you come upon more of these decision-making tactics. Did you come into that later on on your own?
1: You know what? Uh, when it comes to, uh, to to the OODA loop, uh, that was just something that, you know what, I, I'm interested in, in uh, how we react under stress. Um, so I, I searched it out, man. Mm-hmm. I, I had to search it out. I'm reading a lot through uh, Situational Awareness, uh, our Gastway, great guy. I, I love uh, listening to... to what he has to say about, you know, how we react under stress and decision-making. Um, there's, there's all kinds of books about it. So yeah, no, I, I just, I kept, uh, kept reading it, uh, uh and, uh, and applying things, uh, how, how do you apply and, and do your job under stress? You know what it's, it was trial and error in a, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm.
0: Were you like that as a, as a rookie into those things or when, when did that digging process start?
1: You know what? I, I guess uh, that that digging process started once I got promoted. Uh, Did you have
0: realizations now running calls as a captain, and you're like, I got to know some more, and, and is that what what the catalyst was?
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, it, it was it was that plus working with uh, a lot of up and coming captains uh, or mentoring captains, and, and and they were asking about you know well, you know what's an international? so I I I studied, man. I studied a shit ton, but mm-hmm. it doesn't tell me what to do. Hmm. No, it it doesn't tell you what to do. It doesn't fucking tell you what to do whatsoever, but you got to frame the problem, man. Frame the problem and and apply a solution and and you'll get feedback right away. Um, I I just started reading. I started reading uh, the the recognition prime decision-making model was really the one that's been used most often, but it was, here's a picture of what you have. You know, go. You know, what's your decision? What are you going to do? But just by showing a picture... It's, it doesn't give you the full picture. You've got to take that picture and take all four sides and that becomes a, like a little snippet in time. And then in two minutes, that that picture will change. Right. It's either getting better or it's getting worse. So, you know, and, and then I just get, you, you get guys just going through that. And I did that myself. Okay, so where am I at with the with the fire? The building, the smoke, the air, the heat, the flames. And use that type of reading the fire model as well. And just kept applying it every two minutes. Where am I at? Where am I at? What's changing? Is it getting better? Is it not?
0: And you brought that um, to people's minds. Uh, getting back, you know, to the SRD, right? When you structured the drills, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You you would have them deploy. Yeah. Uh, you'd, you'd give them a picture. Yes. They would choose one of the five SRDs. Mm -hmm. and start rolling it out. And then as the captain's walking around the back of whatever you had pylons out, they would walk around to the back of the pylons, which would be the Charlie side, and you would hand them another cart. Yeah. And they would look at that picture and say, okay, this is what you have now. What do you do? And you'd have them call an audible. So you were were kind of in the, really thinking about it now, in the absence of a uh, formal um, officer development program through these these uh opportunities you were sort of you know running an informal officer development program for yourself and for others
1: yeah i never really thought of it that way but i, I guess you, you could you yeah, i don't think of it that way yet it's it's a real down and dirty tactical decision game and it uh, it allows the the guys to put in the reps uh like running a tower put mm-hmm. in the reps of actually making radio communications giving orders adapting and adjusting to changing conditions and We're not easy on guys. You got to be tough on everybody because at the end of the day, talk doesn't get you through a bad situation. You got to be able to, you know, walk walk the walk. Right. Yeah. You know, it may sound fucking cliche, but at the end of the day, you know what? The proof's in the pudding, man. Yeah. Either you do it or you don't.
0: You succeed or you don't. Yeah. And really, what you're doing is getting guys uh, acclimated to. Um, remo- I think I think what what hinders a lot of people from making decisions is the fear of making the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you just get people, just dude, There's nothing There's nothing at stake right now. Mm-hmm. Just make a decision. Yeah. Next time, make another decision. Making an, and you just get them used to making decisions. Right.
1: Exactly. You know what? Make a decision. Follow through. But you know, if you, if it's not going your way, adjust.
0: You I, don't have to stick to it. You
1: don't have to stick to it. Adapt. Adjust, be flexible in your approach, and and make another decision. Yeah, it, it may seem kind of crazy. Hey, fuck you know what? This is what I'm doing. It's not working. Let's try something else. Right. But that's that's how it works, man. At any position in the service. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you know what? The great thing about this that that tactical decision game that we were just talking about with the pylons and everything is that uh, after you do it a few times, it forces you to take a look in the mirror and say, okay, man, you know what? What do I need to work on? And and if you are a perfectionist, if you want to be a world fucking champ, hey, you know what? You are going to you know, take those little things to heart. You're going to adjust. Right. You're, you're going to make yourself better. All right, you know what? I got to work on my radio, man. My radio work sucks. Right. Or you know what? Uh, I'm using a, a soft voice with a bunch of, you know, class A animals. <laughs> <laughs> These guys don't respond to, to gentle. Right. They, they respond to aggressive, you know, well, not so much aggressive,
0: but mm-hmm. assertive. Assertive is a key. Assertive oh, orders.
1: Sure. And if you've done it with these guys a million times, you know, everybody knows what you're made of and and they'll start respecting you for it. You, mm-hmm. Hey, you fucking make a mistake, no big deal. You'll get better.
0: You'll get better. So work, working with uh, crews uh, that you've had, mm-hmm. how have they acclimated to you and this drive? Right? Like we, we started off talking about the Kool-Aid. And, mm-hmm. and, and you, so you have this end goal of where you you believe in your heart you want your crew to be or a crew to be it's sometimes a longer play than just one statement and this is the way it's going to be oh absolutely so yeah. again tactics uh respect um how how have you started with you know assessing a crew and and you know no crew's perfect so there's always going to be something that you can offer to to make people better and you got kind of got to Remove all these layers, these barriers, to sort of get them to to come along with you, right, and believe mm-hmm. in you. So how how have you done that? How do you approach if you get if you if we just drop you in a new crew now, like how mm-hmm. do you how do you approach mm-hmm. that?
1: Well, you know what? Uh, initially, you know what? I'm not there to make uh, significant changes. The ball's already rolling, man, and right. and they're already a team. My job really is just to to become a part of that team, acclimate, much like when I was a rookie, man. These guys are good. They're good. They're smart. They got everything going for them. I just need to be a part of the team. Get with the program. So how do I do that? Dude, by doing what they're doing. I'll do the dishes, I'll do this, I'll do that. That's fine, but when it comes to training, I also get involved. I'll lead by example, lead by example, and then I'll demonstrate it, I'll show it. Then I want them to show me. We have collaborative talks. And these collaborative talks will, will then be, how could we have done better? Mm-hmm. And, and it's really just the feedback portion. Getting involved, being a part of the crew. Uh, I don't want them to be the ones that, that just drive the the team. I'm part of the team. I'll help drive the team. That's so, your role. That's my role. And, and and I'm a firm believer of, you know what, let's get our shit done. Let's work hard. Let's be good at what we do. And let's play hard. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. both. Because it's got to be a, a balance of both.
0: Sure. What's, what's it what's uh what's your first talk obviously they're gonna be different but what would be you, co- you come in a new hall or say you get a new rookie or a new firefighter and those might be two different talks but what, mm-hmm. are, what are your first talks like just to sort of introduce yourself we're a bigger department now so people don't know pedigree uh mm-hmm. they don't know you personally so you get dropped in new. you've got new people you've never met they've never met you what's your first talk like <laughs> what do you say
1: first discussion you know what uh who i am what i like to do you know a lot of people have already they've got preconceived ideas keep an open mind man keep an open mind let's uh let's play like we're gonna we're gonna do we are gonna train you know but we're also gonna have a good time
0: so do you introduce yourself like you let them know about you personally first before you get to the work side of things
1: not really my, my personal life is my personal life man yeah. I, I i work hard outside of the, the department all the time and not just work hard, but I, I volunteer. I do a lot of different things. But guys don't need to know that, sure. really. Uh, not not right off the hop. Yeah. I, I'm kind of private that way. But sure. as we get to know each other, all those layers start peeling back. Sure. Like you know, you know me. I come across as a as a as maybe a little rougher around the edges. But you know, I'm gonna keep it that way. It's it's a facade. <laughs> it's a facade. So it works well, I mean, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a facade. It's part of you. Come on. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so you let them know you're going to train hard.
1: Yeah, we're going to train hard, play hard. And at the end of the day, we're going to be the best team in the city. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and, you set and the I, bar. I set the bar. I, and I use uh, I use the combat challenge uh, uh, as, a, as an example all the time because that, to me, is the the epitome of, of if you want to be the best in the world, you, you really got to look at the, the fine details. And, and the only way to, to get good at that is to sometimes pick yourself apart. Nobody's good at everything. But collectively as a group, and I tell these guys all the time, collectively as a group, man, we are unfucking stoppable. Right. And, and that's, that's my approach.
0: So you remove, again, you remove the fear, just like you were trying to, with captains and mentoring, you're removing the fear of making decisions. You remove the fear of them making a mistake in front of you. Right. I want them to make your mistakes. Your goal is, yeah, yeah. I want you to make mistakes. Let's make them all the time. Exactly, and let's talk about it. I'm not going to hammer you into the ground for making the mistake.
1: Oh, dude, you see these guys? The guys who I'm with right now—they're fucking wolves too.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> oh, I make a mistake, they're all over me. It's ice cream. <laughs> it's this. It's that.
0: Right. So the same rules apply to you. To apply to everyone else.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm no different than anybody else, man. I'm in. I'm in the the same game, same place. I'm I'm part of the team. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I, and I don't mind making mistakes in front of the guys. It's all good. So let's try something new, you know it could be the uh you know the pushing a 65 or a 45 two man bottle lock dude first couple times i tried it i fucking near died right. i did right. you and i did it yes we did yeah it's uh, it ain't yeah. easy and you know what i don't mind doing it in front of you know 10 15 20 no. people don't matter yes yeah, so what it takes me a little bit longer i'm a little bit older mm-hmm. better looking but <laughs> <laughs> always better and better man
0: well, I've, I've personally found that too, right? Once I got out of my own way with a fear of, you know, I think sometimes we're afraid of, well, if I don't know it perfectly, then I don't want to do it imperfectly in front of people. But as yeah. soon as you're, you're like, I'm just, I'll put my hand up. I'm first in like all, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. happens, happens. I'm going to do it. And you get by that, that ego, like you said, a little bit, that fear. Yeah. Ego's and a, and ego's then you're, a killer. and you're not going to do it perfect. Maybe even every time, but and the more you, more you do that, the the cleaner the delivery is going to be. That was like teaching my first recruit class versus my fifth recruit class, right? You, like the fifth class gets the first the, one's pretty rough. Yeah, like, the fir- yeah, the fifth <laughs> class gets the A game, right? Because <laughs> you've got this nailed down. You're teaching two a year, and tactics are in techniques are kind of the same way, right?
1: Mm-hmm. But the tasks are all part of the tactics, and you know what. Uh, if if you've got four guys that aren't aren't on point and don't know exactly what's going on uh, as as a whole and how the big picture all puts is put together, yeah. you know what? It, it's not going to work.
0: Have you faced any pushback? And and how do you and how do you deal with that? So uh, you you feel like you're coming across in the most respectful way you can, mm-hmm. right? You're doing what you're doing. Your heart's in the right place. You have the best intentions, and you still get pushback. How do you how do you deal with that?
1: Well, not so good. <laughs> yeah, not so good. Right? You know when we we were doing our ventilation talks. Uh, depending on, on who you're talking to, some people, again, have the blinders on and they're not open to, say, science and, and how these are hard and fast rules, concepts that you, you can't argue the shit. It's like arguing gravity. Listen, learn, and, and let's, uh, let's actually come away with some some golden nuggets, right. you know? And, and that's kind of, that's been my approach, man. I, I don't want to pussyfoot around, you know, what we're here for. Let's uh, let's just get the job done. Let's have some fun with it. Let's have a few laughs. We'll work hard and then, and, and fuck, we'll play hard. A, a, the majority of guys respond well. And it's not a, a mean tone. It's not a bad tone. No, it's just a... It's a realistic tone. It's realistic, man. Yeah. Yeah. At, at any moment, the, the tones could go off. And and I want you to be be armed and prepared. It's it's like getting ready for a fight, dude. <laughs> and I get all fucking jacked up, ready to go. You do. <laughs>
0: well, speaking of that, uh, so we talked about chess there briefly, and yeah, uh, we'll introduce yeah. you to go. I I don't even know much about it, but we'll delve into that together. We'll delve into okay, that together. Right, we'll right, into the together. Yeah. You can teach me chess, and then we'll both tackle right. go. How about right. that? Yeah, Deal? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Uh, jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. When did that uh, come on the scene?
1: Uh, let's see. I, I'd say it started, uh, I think I'm in my eighth year now. Okay. Jesse, my my son and I, uh, we started it together, and and we've been going through the ranks from you know uh, white to blue to purple. Right. Was he
0: the first one to bring it up, or were you to brought him into it? Or dude,
1: he was the one that brought it to me. He's like, Dad, oh, I'd like to uh, to try out some you know MMA, and he, we you know, we started with the Muay Thai, and then and then went into uh, Jiu Jitsu. He was mm-hmm. the one that was the catalyst for it. Really, I was I was into the combat at the time, and. You know what? He pulled me in a different direction, right. and uh, best th- one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Because, uh, hey, fuck man, we're we're best friends. We're we're you know father son. Plus, he's a fireman too. Yeah, in the so, same department. Yeah, yeah, no. So the jujitsu is awesome though.
0: So did you get hooked for the same reason? Like I remember, uh, Steve was telling me recently, he's like, he's like, dude, you got to get in on this. Like, mm-hmm. like, well, I got get some things to settle down, and then I think uh, this might be an avenue I'll take. But it's a thinking man's game, right? That's what he was saying. It's it, a, it's a
1: it's very much like it's all Jess. about technique and beginning game, middle game, end game. You know what? Position before submission. That's that's what we do. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and uh, you know what? It's uh, it is a thinking man's game, and if you've got an ego. Dude, it's about to be crushed. Because
0: <laughs> you'll uh, did that, so did it. Did it? It ta- taught you even more about yourself and about other people, judging other people. Because uh, from what I'm hearing, you can look at guys and think I'm just going to dominate this guy. Oh, dude, you can't because judge. of size. You can't and, judge people. And he, this this guy that's half your weight would just crawl all over you.
1: Dude, uh, I've got this buddy, he, uh, Tim Dixon, and he's he's a former uh, wrestling coach at Brock, and he's a he was 140 pounds at the time when I was. I was, I was, like, peak physical condition, running the combat, right. just killing the shit. Yeah. Right? And what do
0: you what did you weigh at the time?
1: Uh, I was, uh, I don't know, maybe one ninety. Okay. So yeah, you got some weight. One ninety, on fucking solid, sure. strong as strong yeah. as uh, as anything. And and this guy fucking dominated. He beat me up bad, and and it wasn't just once. It was like years, <laughs> it was years, but
0: did you get angry and frustrated in the beginning? Like, I don't understand what's going on here. Why can't I, why can't I get this guy?
1: No, I, I knew it was, it's very simple, man. It's, it's leverage and technique. Mm-hmm. And this guy, he was spot on. He so, had to
0: be, I guess. Right. Because he's wrestling guys your size.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know what he had, he had put in the hours, uh, you know, 15, 20 years wow. of every day, every other day training with not just little guys but guys you know three times his size and uh yeah he'd uh, walk circles around guys and as Sonia puts it you know it's like uh uh you know folding um you know laundry except you're in it
0: (laughs) 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 you're the you're the two you're the two socks being folded inside out absolutely yeah. absolutely man. and then yeah so you were just mentioning before we got started about the last guy that you uh that you rolled with that you got uh you oh, got slammed yeah. with what did what did he weigh on you
1: he was uh well, he's he's down from 360 down to 320
0: <laughs> he's <always laughs> leaning out yeah okay so you're, you're wrestling a guy that's that's over twice your weight
1: yeah yeah pretty close yeah yeah and it was or 380
0: been, no almost twice yeah my math's bad there
1: yeah the the young fella he's he's we're we're at different levels in our game but his the sheer size of the guy he's just a, a monster man just a monster and yeah you he landed on me i think i threw out my back <laughs> it's been a while but it's getting better i went last night jesse and i so we're, we're we're doing okay
0: and he rolls with you too right
1: oh yeah the kid's a beast he's much like uh, my buddy tim he's uh, he's not very big but yeah he turned you inside out so yeah and and you know what he he reminds me all the time he said hey dad you ready? <laughs> I turned you inside out.
0: Is this a way that you uh, you keep you? You talk a lot about the ego. Is this the way that you approach life and keep your own ego in check by constantly putting yourselves in these situations that you know, you know, the humility is going to come. If it's something I know I'm going to suck at, let's yeah. do it because it, it, it keeps in it keeps you in check, right?
1: Yeah, you know, I've got uh, certain things that I'm really good at, and you know what? And people say, "Well, oh, why you're so good at that?" Well, you know what? No, I'm. I'm just. I just practiced a, a little bit more. Sure. There, there should be no ego at at anything. And if if anything, I'm just grateful. Grateful all the time to 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 be in the moment and be with guys that uh, or or people that I appreciate. And you know, just keep going. Ego is a is a is a killer, man. And if you've got an ego, yeah, I, I'm not really. I don't even really, really want to be in your company because. You're your own worst enemy. You ain't learning nothing.
0: So do you do you tend to approach, you know, techniques or techniques, tactics are tactics? You can talk details, mm-hmm. but when you're when you're faced with someone, anybody, are you and you're teaching them, right, instructing them? Do you do you try and is it always, you know, the lighthouse is the is that the lighthouse is the the opening up the mind conceptually to getting out of their own way is that is that always sort of you in the back of your mind you may not be verbalizing it, but is that where you're trying to bring them because you realize the rest will come
1: absolutely you know what uh they, they they have an idea so they may have read about things they may have some ideas as to what it is that they're doing um but maybe not have practiced it that much so my, my job really is just to to get them to try things and then if I see a direction that we could go, I just I just merely adjust and, and ask them to try something. And and if they, they do that and they, they have this eureka moment or this light bulb moment and they say, hey, fuck, you know what? That actually worked better for me. I'm going to try that. And then we'll, we'll do that a little bit more. And then, mm. and then we, we just take that same evolution or whatever. And... and and we just tweak it slightly again. And, and then eventually, you've incorporated, say, three little skills within that task that you're doing. And, and man, you're, you're, you're off the fucking charts good. If they've got egos, then they're like, yeah, 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 done. I'm, I'm out. I've checked out already. Right. But if they don't have the egos, they're, they're good. But the, most of the, the junior guys coming on, that they, they want to learn. I, I'm starting to find out more and more that, and they'll tell you, you know what? I may not be strong at this cap. Hey, no problem, man. I'm your guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna work with you. And we're, we'll do it a million fucking times, I, I don't care. And, and I'll do it with you. Cause I, I like to do shit too. I, I don't want to just stand back and talk about shit. I want to do it. I, I want to work up a sweat, man. Let's work out.
0: Let's <laughs> <The> roll, <thrill>, right? <laughs> yeah. So you and I are uh, of, of the age where um, we were on the job without the internet mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. starting of it basically. Yeah. Uh, and then that came to play. Um, so how much did that, You know that access all of a sudden all this information like when you started digging you're probably digging looking you're reading books you're at the library and all of a sudden you've got everything at your fingertips like did you was that like a a total like mind-blowing moment where you realize how much was actually out there and
1: dude i'm youtube fucking certified
0: (laughs) so yeah (laughs) youtube
1: all kinds of shit so you're using
0: are you using that with your crews with your guys like talking about it's one thing but let's watch it let's let's watch actual fires Mm -hmm. you can say what you want to say but here's an actual call and here's what it looks like You find it makes it your uh, your end goal easier because around the kitchen table, without proof in front of them, a lot of guys can say a lot of things happen. But when you watch it happen in real time, Mm -hmm. for me, I've found it's just like you can't argue this. Watch it. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. You know what? I I think it's it's good and bad. I I I don't actually do a lot of the the YouTube videos with the crews. It's more predominantly like it's military tactics. How how do the Marines do it? How to how how does uh, the Air Force do particular things? Because They've done it a million fucking times the fire videos would be just strictly for you know reading the fire what's happening what's changed what's burning you know what's the color of the smoke how's it going changing? to happen what's going to happen so right. it's it's really about forecasting and predicting to, to see what somebody's doing in another department uh and then try to emulate that yeah and, it, and it's not what we do here then i find it can be deprim- detrimental because we got 400 guys on one page and now you you want to you know make an adjustment where, where we're no longer on the same page? That don't fucking work either. Right. So I, I like them. I, I like the internet. I think it's got it's good and bad. And, and my mind is blown because man, you know I'm watching fucking jujitsu videos all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did that lead you though to so when you discovered say um, and very often um, uh, the Western uh, well, you know it's all the Western world, but I mean here in North America, right? There's a certain tactics that are, that are dominating. Uh, and then you look at a place like Sweden, mm-hmm. right, yeah. and what they're doing, and the gas cooling, and uh, I mean, they seem to be a lot really ahead of us um, as far as decon goes. Like we could, you know, take a lot of pages out of the book there. But um, it, for me, what I what I perceived when you brought all this to me and sort of led mm-hmm. me into your world, like it blew my mind. And I, mm-hmm. I, what I took away was that you saw something that's different. and Instead of just ignoring it and saying that's not what we do and learning more and more about what we do, mm-hmm. you wanted to know all of it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I want to know why they do what they do. Like we may not ever use it, but did you, is that, is that, am I reading that right?
1: That, you you know what? You're spot on brother. Yeah. So 3d firefighting Grimwood, the guy's a, a fucking legend out in the UK Right, and you know, him Harton, and, and a few others and, and they fight fires with three quarter inch high pressure lines. They go into the same burning buildings that we do, right. and and they they gas cool on their way to putting out a fire. Hmm. And as they gas cool, and it's just the smoke that they're fighting. So 3D uh, firefighting is is about you know controlling the smoke initially, but as they spray into the this misting into the the, the smoke, it, it actually cools it and it condenses it so that the smoke lifts. Mm-hmm. So unlike us, where we've got you know say high heat, zero vis, and it's right down to the floor. Mm-hmm. Our gas cooling isn't as efficient, you know. The North North American way isn't as efficient as it as it is say for uh, them out in the UK.
0: But you sort but, but you applied that that mentality to mm-hmm. well, how do we? And and this is really when you look at fields like that's we're, there's there's they're 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 a bit diametrically opposed, but mm-hmm. overpowering with water and 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 cool. It still cools as you go. The for smooth bore sure. mentality, like. So you, what I'm saying is, you took all of this together yeah, and yeah. Then looked at what we do, and it's like, how do we use parts of what they do and incorporate it into how we how we tackle things, right?
1: Absolutely, man. Like, if you're tunnel vision and only do it one way, you're not looking at the big picture. Right. So, if you can look at the the bigger picture, how, how how does everybody do it? Uh, throughout North America, throughout the the uh, Europe, you know, China, the Asians, whatever. It, it's there's, there's different ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe they have one little simple thing that they do right. that would add to our game.
0: So that's what you're always looking for. You're looking for, you'll delve into, <laughs> you know, overwhelming amount of information, panning for gold.
1: Panning for gold. Yeah. Golden nuggets, man. Right, yeah. I, I love that. I'm going to use panning for gold <laughs> at this point. <laughs> at this point forth. But yeah, uh, you know what? If, if, if you're not open to new things, how are you supposed to ever get better? Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I'm I'm always always looking for how, how we can improve, and, and you know when you when you think of uh, how they do it in the UK again, and how we do it here, and then you combine it, you combine it so that we can make ourselves, you know, better as a whole, right. and then we become the people that or the or the the, the department that is at the forefront, mm-hmm. is the leader, you know, and, and much like incident command in Phoenix. Okay. okay, you know what? They delved into it. There's a reason why good, that name. Good at it. That's a reason so why that name's in our minds. minds. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, well, why the fuck can't they be thinking about us? Well, hey, we, we, we've gotta be, we got to be, we've got to challenge, you know, the way we, we look at things. We have to, you know, ask questions and try things. If you don't try fucking things, you know what? You're always going to be, you know, stagnant. You're just going to be that that guy that follows or the monkey that follows the, the next guy. I don't want to be that guy. Mm. No, I want to try different things.
0: So, uh, how long were you a captain before it, it sort of came to your mind that maybe DC, like a oh, district chief, okay. was? Okay, and here we go. It, it is, yeah, and it's here and we it's go. and you know, you said yourself, it might not, it wasn't necessarily like maybe you were balking at it a lot because it wasn't your style. Like you know, getting off the trucks and having your hands not on tools is mm. a is a huge shift, right? Like, but. But the, uh, what I'm reading from it is that the draw is like it's all about instant action plans, the tactics, the, you know, the strategy. It's all what it's about. Is that, is that what drew you in? Like what, what was uh, I, the.
1: initially, yeah. It was, uh, you know, what being in command. Uh, uh, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd like to be, you know, playing the game of chess and, and, I, and I have, a, you know, five, six trucks uh, plus the manpower to, to, to get the job done. Mm-hmm. But, you know what? Hey, Scotty, I, I pulled my name out of the, the hat. When it when it came to being a, a district chief, because uh, it it wasn't hands on, mm. I I'd, I'd lost contact with the uh, with my crew, and it became more administrative, and and I'm not involved in the action. I'm not involved in pulling hose. I'm not involved in throwing ladders, uh, cleaning tools, doing the shit that I like to do. And it and it uh, all of a sudden, you know, I'm driving into work and I'm thinking to myself, oh shit, you know what? I, I, I'm not happy about this. Right. So I, it was about just being honest with myself and self, self-reflection self and saying, fuck, you know what? I really appreciate everything that you did for me. You know, Fowler and sure. Claire sure. and Pete and, and all these these guys, Demetrov, These guys helped mold me. I could, I could still do it, but it's not for me. I And I really appreciate everything that they did for me, man. Right. Everything. They, they put their time into
0: me. Yeah. Um, but how are you going to know? Yeah. So Unless you do that, you got to go through the process, right?
1: Yeah. Get up to the plate and swing. Right. Yeah. Put yourself out there. <laughs> hey, pick me. I'll try it. You know, and what? it had, and
0: it had, uh, aspects of it that, that were attractive to you.
1: For sure. Absolutely. Do you
0: think if you were in command of fires or larger scenes often yeah. weekly that you would, that you would be more attracted to it?
1: absolutely barring that maybe i could make some adjustments sure
0: yeah yeah there's always yeah
1: (laughs) yeah you you know what Uh, i'm not a a huge fan of just sitting in the car Mm. i I remember talking to this battalion chief out in new york uh, city and i said man first off that the conversation started well how do you manage that many people and the overflow on radio traffic he says it's easy man first off you sector off, and then you assign all these trucks to the sector. Mm-hmm. You're only talking to one guy. So, and, and he would he wouldn't be stuck in the car. He would move to a forward position where he'd have his accountability to his right, and then he would have a safety officer, and he'd have somebody else there working the radios with him. He was like a general at the forefront. I don't know. I being in, stuck in the car is not for me, dude. <laughs> I can't do it. I,
0: but a lot of guys, I mean, they may, and this is this shows just different personalities. Some like the quiet and the isolation. You know, I guess where where some people study and they thrive on. You know, when you're you're studying information, they need music going, and the more stimulus, the better, right? And then you've mm-hmm. got guys that that need it dead silent. Oh yeah, yeah. So so maybe there's these guys that need it dead silent to focus, where you're you don't mind the. You know the trucks running and the hoses flowing and the yeah i like the chaos for the wind sure. in your face and the yeah. rain on your
1: <laughs> yeah man i i dig the chaos it's it's so right. good that's that's where i want to be right is is solving problems but again you know at, at the end of the day even if i was at that that forefront i'm not on the tools man the other day we had a, a commercial property fire i'm on the on the roof where we've got the k-12 and it's running it's for cutting holes we're, we're checking for extension putting out fire and i look down and there's the chief in the car i'm like that's it that's why I did it right there man decision made yeah yeah. decision made so you
0: just know where your happiness lives
1: my happy place is is with the crew you know it's my family outside of my family you know what I've been extremely blessed to get to this point so yeah I'm I'm super happy with the crews and and I like meeting the the other guys from the surrounding halls and joint training co-training dude it's the best I don't even call it a job It's not a job to me. Mansell just recently says, you know, dude, it's not a job. It's a calling. It is because no matter matter what, I I leave the station. I'm the same fucking dude.
0: Yeah, that is 100% true.
1: I'm the same dude. No matter what, I'm going to be a fireman right right through to the day I die.
0: Even when you retire? Yep. yep. How many years you got left?
1: I can go in five.
0: Wow. Yeah. How's that feel?
1: makes me feel old. The end of my tape (laughs) measure, yeah. Yeah. 2023 is uh that's the early and 2028 is the late
0: what do you see yourself doing um after you're done do you see yourself instructing do you want to still stay involved in the service are you going to say i i've been there done that and i've done my part and i need to move on or i i have thought about it jesse and i
1: have talked about uh, maybe ha- opening up a jujitsu gym okay. i'm thinking Collingwood might be prime dude hey, yeah. hey you know i would love to have you here
0: <laughs> i'll welcome wagon that for sure
1: yeah no yeah. we've talked a bit about that once I retire, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do, dude, other than travel and is fire part jiu-jitsu. of it though? I, I do have a passion for coaching and teaching, firefighting. Who knows? I probably will, man. Get but
0: into the college man, aspect I'm, of it and teach yeah, brand new people and maybe,
1: yeah. The brand new guys, I love them, but they're so green. I, I would prefer to work with guys that have you know are, are seasoned right seasoned and then just take those little fine skills and, sure. and just adjust slightly you know it's just fine-tune so I like maybe fine get, tuning.
0: maybe get to be a, a part of a um an external private company that does some teaching and guys can take courses and
1: i, I would i would say maybe maybe possibly
0: is there a, yeah. is there a topic that you'd uh that you'd focus in on more than another you know what, what the mind?
1: the fire behavior it comes to mind. Yeah, uh, ventilation comes. to You ran to out the squad
0: for a long, long time. Would squad, you want to do that too, or
1: squad work? Yeah, you know what though, you got guys like Obletus, man. They're off the charts good.
0: Ridiculous. Yeah,
1: yeah. ridiculous. There's a guy you should have. I team. will. I
0: got a long list, man. Yeah, this is,
1: uh... Dave Lee, another great fucking dude. Mm-hmm. Super fucking smart. Yes, super smart, and yes. and a great leader. Just to just to mention him, when I first got promoted, he was the leader. Of the station leadership just doesn't come from captains it comes from the guys on the floor and and they can be the driving force and if you yeah, can harness, can harness that, that if you can read your crews and, and harness those powerful little leaders man nothing is impossible you can do all kinds of stuff with
0: these guys do you think we need um, a lieutenant title
1: I think so no, I think you're acting captains, uh, they they could be your lieutenants a- again whether you get captain's lieutenants or not that one senior fire guy in the station, who's who's really your your go to guy, you know, guys are going to him to talk to him before they'd even go speak to the captain, and that's just the way it is because there's that trust, right? But a lot of leadership just comes from the the fire guys, those senior fire guys, man. Sometimes it's a junior, but if that's, you're approachable, right? If you're approachable, yeah. I've learned a lot from from everybody, man. You know, from the the chiefs right down through to your proby fire guys. If you got no ego, dude, you can pick up a lot of shit from a lot of people.
0: Now that we've got the fundamentals solidified, you're never done with them. What do you see as our next challenges?
1: Well, you know what? Uh, I think radio communications, just radio work in general, is uh, is a big deal. We we're given these radios, but at the end of the day, you know, our, have you, have you really paid attention to your pitch, tone, clarity, microphone positioning? Uh, we're not evaluated. There's no performance measure. So we really don't know whether or not we're any good on the radio. No fault to our own because we've switched our, our, our breathing apparatus, our masks. Our radios have changed. Have we really worked with the guys to, to fine tune and tweak their radio comm?
0: And do you think that um, a lot of uh, firefighters, like they know they have a radio. Yeah. It's sort of there as their... Um, if they need to call Mayday, yeah, but the captain yeah. they always see is look they're the one that make all the radio transmissions, so like, they right. they don't they don't speak on it.
1: Well, that's the thing; it could be anybody, right? So if the captain's down. Hey, man, step up to the plate. You can't take your gloves off, and let's just say you got zero vis, but you can't communicate now with your gloves on. Switch it to talk around. Now make that radio transmission. It's a lot tougher than it sounds, and unless you've orientated your radio and you've done all your shit, and and you actually are familiar with it. It's going to be a very tough thing for you to do. That should be on the forefront.
0: Communications. And it's an, in,
1: it's an individual thing with, with each captain. How do you know that, if, that you're any good unless you've got feedback from, you know, somebody? What we've been doing recently, and, and I'm working with the guys on this, rather than me tell you what's happening, how about your crew? I'll just have you make a couple of radio transmissions on on air. Grab your mic, make your radio transmission now. Your crew will tell you not whether or not they can hear you or they can't. Because then it becomes pure, pure pressure. Nobody wants to look bad in front of the crew. But hey, you got no week no big fucking deal. Well, fuck. How come you didn't tell me before, guys? You're making me look like an idiot. Right.
0: Well, why don't you try it then? Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's easy have, from the peanut gallery. Yeah. Guys
1: are saying, holy fuck. Okay. Now I know. All of a sudden you're at the fire scene and that same guy is making the radio transmissions and you can actually hear what they're saying. And the DC's not saying, radio calling, repeat so you your message. It. Yeah. Cause that's a that's a fucking time killer. You're gonna get me all fired up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the whole point,
0: yeah. So high rise communications, I think
1: communications. I, I think you know the the fire behavior has to be revisited. There's ways that we can control the exchange of air, like door control, which is a big thing. That you know what I thought we we dialed in on it, but I, I guess we didn't.
0: Well, I mean, it's a ta- it's it's an actual legitimate black and white tactic that certain departments use so like we do this right yeah yeah we're, we're more of a uh you know flow as you go for sure so instead of controlling the air you're controlling the heat so uh, you know again you're just messing with the fire triangle right which which one do you want to deal with absolutely and it's a manpower thing too right
1: so manipulating control controlling the fire triangle i, I think really that's that's something that we could be better at not not everybody uh you know has the the opportunity of having a second truck in third truck in right away so and and Man, we we got these aerials, two hundred and eighty gallon. We we flood a line and we start flowing, man, we run out of water real fucking quick. We do, yeah. Real quick.
0: For sure. So Yeah, those aerials as frontline trucks. Oh man. Right? There's a lot of reasons why uh Yeah, you know take, well, the, la- take, ladders for the take for the those. Take the tank out of it.
1: Take the tank out Make of it. it a truck. Make us a ladder company. Yeah,
0: there's a reason why the states do it the way they do it. I know. I it's know. it's efficient first,
1: first doing uh you know two engine companies, what are they doing? they're positioning lines, bringing in a second to back it up right there's a there's a lot of good things that uh we could pick up from other people considering this is the direction we're going as
0: opposed to being dismissive and saying oh yeah. that's cowboy, that's this it's yeah. again it's dismissive yeah. and not inclusive <clears> and yeah you miss out on those uh those positive things well, you can pull you know from.
1: what and then uh you know we we can we can really hone in on our skills. If you're if you're not a if you're not an engine guy, you're not pulling lines, no worries. I'll be your ventilation guy. I'll be your forcible entry guy. Right. I'll do your search and rescue. No biggie.
0: What about being a, a department that drills? How do you how do you see being this long play? How would you see us or a department trying to get a whole department to be a department that drills? Because it seems to be crew dependent. It is crew dependent. And I'm sure we're not the only department.
1: You got to get to everybody on board, man. It's got to...
0: But how do we do that? Like, just, just, I I know we're spitballing here and putting mm -hmm, you on the spot, mm -hmm. but for between you and me, like (laughs) everybody listening, Mm -hmm. we can, uh, you know, figure out some things. How do we do that? How do we get our department there?
1: I think you have to have performance measures. I know in in some European, uh, departments, what they do is they, they have outside evaluators come in and... They, they test their, their officers on a daily basis. This wouldn't happen to us because we've got a, a very strong union. But if you're tested and you don't meet the standards, say, two, three, four years down the road, you get this uh, color designation, say, green for, hey, man, you're going to be two years before you're, you're next evaluated. If you're in the orange, you're six months. Wow. And if you're in the red, you, you, you totally shit the bed. You're pulled off the trucks and you're sent to training.
0: Kind of like a food pass, fail, yeah, close so, down. Yeah. You know
1: what? So have performance measures in place and say, okay, hey, Cap, I need your crew to do these five evolutions. And it has to be very specific in nature. Uh, here's your time that's associated with it. If you don't meet the grade, this is what's going to happen. And, and have consequences. You set that in motion and you, you put a, a consequence to it. Holy shit. Guess what? Everybody's drilling and everybody's practicing.
0: And then offer the support and the feedback. So, so in, at the beginning of every, do you do you use like a calendar year? Like, so like, okay, New Year's hits. You hit January. You're like, here's what I see for because you've just done performance appraisals. So let's mm-hmm. let's go from that and we'll come back to it. So we hit January hits. You've done these performance appraisals. You're like, here's the goals for the crew or for you individually. This is what I expect. And then do you lead them towards? Do you see that as a cycle to actually towards performance appraisal? Because I believe that some. Some captains might just see, well, performance appraisals happen at the end of the year, and then it's all this negative feedback about stuff, whether they even do it or not, but sometimes it's a negative feedback all the stuff that they, they didn't do. Meanwhile, you didn't set the expectation or give them any help to get there. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So how do you, how do you approach uh, expectations on a, an annual basis and, and performance appraisals and then follow back? How, what's your OODA loop for people?
1: I keep a running list of, we like, call it credits and infractions. And it's just a, a documentation so that when I do the performance praises, it's really copy and paste. Some people are stronger at certain things than others. My job is really to find out where those discrepancies are and, and, and bring people up to speed. As far as setting the, the training for the, for the year, I, I'm working more towards well, what's our high risk, low frequency type calls where we're, we're in the most amount of danger for, for med calls, We've got our SRD and, and when we have, say, chemo patients, you know, patients with uh, communicable de- diseases, mm-hmm. how, how do I deal with that? So we, we can go through violence, yeah. weapons, yeah, you know, fire, man. That's a that's a low frequency, high risk situation and it's, it's evolved and changed and we don't practice it enough. Mm-hmm. So I tend to, to spend a lot of time on that all the time all year round
0: and so from from these overarching that overarching idea mm-hmm. then you're pulling individually credits and infractions absolutely in a way to offer them something at the end of the year to help them improve
1: well and that it identifies you know say we've somebody has a, a, a real weakness at something then you know we can draw on that that little piece of information and over the course of say four or five months we just work on those soul, those little soft skills so that the next time we, we do our training, hey, man, the guy's shining. He's off the charts good. It's a commitment. It takes time. Mm-hmm. And you got to keep practicing. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time doing it, man. Uh, those kind of things uh, all year round. Ladders is another big one. We don't, we don't do it enough. You know, you, you do your 360, and hey, man, there's somebody hanging out of a window. Boom, you better be on fucking point. So. And that was another
0: thing you brought to our department was the fixed halyard.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Right,
0: which just made so much. That again was another thing that was like this. How has this not always been this way? Yeah. And that that's that changed things for me. It got me into drilling ladders and throwing twenty fours by myself. Like that was again. You you make one small change like that, and it's
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: what I've always appreciated so much. And then it, and then it allows people that to grab that one small thing and it opens up so much more for them. Yeah. But the fixed halyard that was another. Yeah, that was uh,
1: that was a good one. Uh, I ran into a guy at uh, the FDIC. Great thing. You're right. Uh, yeah. You know what? Everybody should be going to that convention at, at least once in their life. Yeah. And I ran into this this guy he was doing a book signing in uh, Mittendorf. An old guy. He was a ladder guy in LA for, you know, 40 years. And uh, and I said, "Hey man, uh, I got I got a problem and and I'd like to, to run it by you." And, and I told him about our our ladders and, mm-hmm. you know, h- how long it takes us to do a, an evolution. Uh, using three men to position a ladder, to me, it's it's kind of unacceptable to take you know a minute and a half to position a ladder. It's, it should be unacceptable
0: with three people. <laughs> with, with three people.
1: So uh, he asked me a pile of questions about how we do our our processes, and uh, I explained it to him. And and uh, he says, "Listen, don't change a thing, other than the way you do your halyard. Don't tie the ladder together. Here's how you do it." Here's the book. I'm going to give the book to you. Come on. Yeah. So I, and he signs it and, you know, does the whole thing. And he says, just do this one little thing and it will change the game. And it changed was a, it for so, me. It was so small in nature.
0: So, so that's th- really cool. Here here you have a 40 year guy. Yeah. Who you could classify as an expert on a topic. Mm-hmm. You come to him with a problem. The first thing he does is start asking you questions. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't just say, okay, sit down, son. I'm going to tell you how this is. Like he asks you questions. Yeah. Yeah. To get to know you and your situation better, absolutely, and then just offers one small thing. One small. How thing, How amazing man. is that?
1: It, it it is. It is pretty amazing. That stuff
0: gives me goosebumps. When yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. That's the real deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know what? It's no different than Aaron Fields working with a with a group, right? Sure. And he and he sees something in you, and he says, "Hey, man, here's here's one little thing I'm going to give you, and it's a gift. And next thing you know, you're doing and repeating that that action, and it becomes a game changer. You're you're a world champ." pull in line
0: for you and for other people Yeah, for you
1: and for other people
0: yeah.
1: uh and then next thing you know man you're passing that on i remember showing it to uh to clark and and i, and I showed him the fixed higher tie-off and he's like it's a game changer why haven't we been doing this right
0: do you keep um check on things like that like what else are we not doing that we could be doing better and what is and do you you know you are constantly doing a reassessment and then you you know you may go to something and you pick it apart no oh, it is what we still should be doing and then you move on to the next thing right
1: absolutely man. yeah, yeah absolutely uh, uh, if, if you're stagnant you know you're checking out so no matter what the processes are it's uh, even if it's something that we're really good at like super good at you know you can always find something find something and and even if it's uh, just a small tweak you're just making yourself better and then just keep doing that Mm -hmm. just keep doing that and you know what you'll you'll be the best at uh, what you do I I always refer to the combat challenge again but those little details details change everything and and if you practice it man you, you just you become a world champ it sounds so cliche but it's it's fucking true
0: you had great advice along the way you had great mentors it sounds to me you've had a really idyllic, like great experience entering the service, being introduced to it, mm-hmm. showing the right path, sort of hinging on what you what you just said. Uh, as perfect as something can be, there's always something that you could probably tweak to make it better. So even if you looked back now and what you may feel is, and, and honestly, you know, it's true, you had all the right information, all the right leaders. Is there anything that you would go back and tell your five-year-on self tenure on self 15 year like is there anything that you tell yourself along the way no man no
1: I, I would do it exactly the same way hop on the coattails of uh of the the very best guys in the in the room and learn as much as you can from them and then adapt adjust and keep tweaking keep tweaking man again it doesn't have to be the most senior guy it could be it could be the rookie on the crew man he just brings something to the table and you you got to learn those little things and mm-hmm. and uh make it your own make it your own but make it I don't don't want to say make it better but take that knowledge learn it commit it to memory and then keep uh, keep improving Mm -hmm. man Uh, have Mm -hmm. you thought about volunteering yeah for sure of course I would I'm not sure, uh, you know, where I'd volunteer or whether or not I'm going to stay in uh, in Caledon or, or move further north. I don't. I don't need to be on a volunteer station. I could volunteer at the church. I could volunteer. I see. Yeah. So yeah. not just necessarily
0: volunteering for fire. Yeah. Yeah. And of volunteering course, I, in your community.
1: Just volunteering. Just being uh, a part of the team and constantly, you know, helping people out. I, I think that's that's really our makeup. That's why we do what we do, anyways. Right. Is to help people.
0: Have you been been involved in a lot of uh, of that aspect of the job?
1: You know what? It started out. A little slow initially. We used to do the bingos. I used to get accosted by all the old old birds. They'd grab the grab my butt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you loved it. <laughs> I did. It was great. It was great.
1: But yeah, from from the bingos to you know the, you know, the boot drives, it's just about everything. And you know what? Uh, not all the time, but when I can, I, I'm out. But it, it's not just that. It's the next door neighbor who's, whose husband just passed away. It's you know, it's the, the the church. It's it's wherever, wherever you're needed. And if there's somebody's in need, hey, I got a strong back and I got a skill set. So yeah, help out wherever you can.
0: Thinking back on um, on calls and it's in, I, you know, I think I've mentioned this before in a previous episode. And I think it's pretty unfair <laughs> to, uh, you know, to ask someone in the service to give you like the horror highlight reel. What's the worst call? But staying away from that, it doesn't have to be a bad call. Is there a call or certain calls that were, eye-openers for you game changers for you
1: there's lots of calls at this point in my my career everything seems to kind of blend together as far as timelines and you know who was there but there's just a shit ton of them Mm -hmm. one in particular that i'm thinking about is i was mentoring we had kane Demers as an acting captain we had a a house fire and two crews uh on scene i think we were the third or fourth truck in we were rent crews in multiple multiple areas of the building basement and and the upstairs and, and they're trying to locate the fire but as we were going through this process with the mentoring captain, cool, calm collected, following what he needed to do but what I, what I was watching and, and what I learned from this was as the profile of the call was uh, unfolding the wind, the air, it was adjusting and the, the fire dynamics were changing. For, for me it was, it was working with, with Kane and saying hey man, check this out And it was just an opportunity to say, our smoke just went from light gray to black. It's under pressure, it's voluminous, it's changing, things are getting worse. We're gonna need multiple uh, plans of action. So we had a line for the basement in case we needed to to do writ for basement. Mm -hmm. We had uh, a line for going upstairs, dry lines initially. And then we start proactively putting up ladders. Ladders all over the fucking place it just so happened that things did get to the point where all of a sudden it changed in an instant and the fire was ready to flash. The guys called a mayday, came out of the, the building, down these ladders. Wow. The ladders weren't there. They were, they were jumping. That's a game changer to me. And, right. it, and, it, and it, that one in particular stands out to me because, first off, it was, a, it was a great learning moment for our actor. And he kept cool and calm and he did an amazing job also the opportunity of having not just one, but multiple plans of action. And, and that just was, making uh, a that decision and taking action. Yeah. And and it fortunately, you know what, the, the decisions that we made were proactive decisions. We weren't told by a, any chief officer to say, go to uh, level two. Dude, if we had to wait for somebody to tell us what to do, it would have been too late. Proactive.
0: Yeah. And th- I think that's a common thing at every level two, right? That even firefighters might... You don't want you don't want freelancing, we don't want but freelancing. but you want action and uh, and you don't want people just waiting to be told every single thing.
1: The freelancing, you know what? In this case, it, it wasn't freelancing. No, it not was, at all. It was being proactive. It's like it's like pulling lines, man. You pull a line too soon, guys will frown at it. But hey, you're doing your fucking job.
0: <laughs> What's the worst thing you do? Pack it back up.
1: Yeah, pack it back up. Exactly. Right. right. So yeah, that one stands out in, in uh, particular. Uh, there's there's other fires where we pull people out. They live for a little while, and then they some of them have passed away. But mm-hmm. uh, of course, they stand out, and they're, they're rough to talk about. Yeah. But you, you get to really see what uh, what you're made of when when shit is hitting the fan. Those are those are definitely lots of standout moments. Yeah, they're, they're rough calls, but yeah. they're rough calls.
0: Did you did you find that moment, um, just sticking with that moment with um, with Kane or with our mentoring and acting captain, did you find it was splitting that role into two people? Obviously, you can take in so much more information. So because you were standing back and watching him, watching the fire and not actually making the calls, were you able to? I mean, I, I know given your experience level now, you can take in a heap of information and make all these decisions, but did you recognize that in that moment too, that you were able to just see different things because you knew certain things were already being done? The division of of um, well, of yeah, stimuli.
1: Absolutely, you know what? For, first off, super competent at his job, so I, I already had that confidence in him. One thing I love about mentoring is I get to actually do some work. I get to throw ladders. I get to pull lines. I get to do all that shit. But in the same breath, I'm I'm dropping you know little hints. Yes. You know, here's your plan B, C, D. You know, I'm constantly listening to the radio uh, and working side by side with uh, with my guys and. They're making these these adjustments, and I can hear them giving the orders. Incident action plans uh, is evolving and changing to make or to supplement the chief officer's plan. And these guys are killing it, man. Not everybody, but he killed it. He killed it. That they did really well.
0: Really I feel well. I feel like what you're doing, without even maybe being aware of it, and you're and you're trying to pass on to these other people again, maybe even subconsciously, is that you you tend to approach things like it's like an art, right? Like there's an art to mentoring. This guy is standing there. He's you know putting himself out there. He's he's making these decisions, and you were there would be an art to giving him just enough mm-hmm. to keep him moving forward and not overwhelming him with like you could you could yell ten things at him. You forgot all this stuff and overwhelm and then lock his brain up. That's a really special moment in that high stress needs to to be able to drop oh, yeah, useful stuff to somebody well, and know. have them take it in and actually make use of it.
1: Well, and it stays with them forever. It's a success that they carry with them. And now
0: you're the voice in their head for the next one.
1: Absolutely, man. It doesn't matter. There's been a ton of guys, but that was a that was a great moment. Great moment. I, I was given a little bit of flack for not taking over the position, but you know what? At the time and, and during our critique, we used to do these post fire critiques, I explained to the to the chief officer that at no time was he not in control.
0: And at no time were you not in control.
1: At no time was I not in control. Right. So that balance that we were working with it was still good. And we had a solid, solid crew on that truck. We drill, man. We practice. We, we're, I don't want to say we were the A-team, but in our minds, if shit was going down, we're the crew to help you out.
0: You, know, you don't even have to label it. If you're, if you're practicing to be an A-team and, you, and, you, and you're performing in that moment at your best, mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't matter how you label it. <laughs> Yeah. You can call you whatever team you are. You're still you're still providing what the results you're providing.
1: Yeah, it, it, people recognize when they say A and B and C teams, sure they do. whatever. Yeah. At the point, at the end of the day, you know what we put in the time out in the tarmac, out at the the tower, at Orenda road, man. We we put in the time. Maybe too much Kool Aid time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How have you handled the flack?
1: It doesn't matter to me. Bring on the flak. It's all good. You guys want to bring me Kool Aid at 2 a.m. in the morning? No problem. Just put it on the table. It's all good. And guys are doing it. I may get a little upset, but it's it's okay, dude. I, I'm okay with it. Bring bring on the, the shenanigans.
0: Even the criticism from uh, your superiors. Obviously, we're not we're not always 100 percent in the right. There's probably some criticism that, and I mean, like you said, with no ego, we're, we're going to take something away. We're probably critiquing ourselves harder than any supervisor ever would. But well, how do you how does that dynamic work? Like, how do you have that conversation?
1: They may be at a certain level where they're they're very competent in their game. Whomever's giving that that right. flack. But it's not just about them. Maybe I want to work with the the junior guy or the mid-level or or a senior officer, collaboratively, make some adjustments and and make them better. So, at the end of the day, the guy that's that's giving me the flack or or anybody that says it's drinking the Kool-Aid, well, it's it's not just about you, pal. It, it's about everybody. Mm-hmm. So, we're just trying to bring everybody up to speed. Yeah. So may, maybe they're super good. I don't know.
0: And what, what advice would you give to um, people that are thinking of entering the service or brand new recruits that are in class right now? That, you know, the generational differences we could even, you know, you could get into sort of labeling people as millennials or different generations are just different. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what would you, and you know, you've raised kids. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what would you say to them?
1: Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Try everything. Always critique, set goals and constantly try to improve. In the fire service, it's, it's so vast because we deal with everything. you, you got to be open to the fact that you're not the best at everything. Constantly learn and improve, man. Mm-hmm. Drop the ego, too. You, you can't have an ego. Right.
0: Are there any moments that stand out for you through the years where you, you felt like, I'm experiencing family right now, or this is, or this is brotherhood?
1: You know, in, in a lot of respects, it saved my life. The fire service, uh, it is my family outside my family. And if, if I've got a an issue I, whether i know it or not i've got 20 30 40 guys that'll that'll recognize that that slight look in my eye and they'll they'll call you know they'll, they'll grab you by the shoulder and say hey man what's going on like yeah. everything goal. Cool? that brotherhood is strong and it's not just my 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 guys that i'm with it's guys outside of the station it's it's the retirees it's vast it's a, it's a strong fraternity
0: and you've done that for, obviously for heaps of people yourself, right? And oh, for so, sure. So man. not being, not being, um, you know, uh, with the, so many committees that you're on, and so much that you've done for our department and for the service in general, you know, not delving into actually being a member on the on the peer support team, but whether you know we should all behave that way, and you and you've always exemplified it. Growing up in our in our department in the service, and you've seen a change in that mentality. What has that meant to you? How have you Looked at how the job was done, how you were taught to do the job, how you know your challenges, how you got through them. How do you tackle that?
1: I'm a, I've always been a huge proponent of uh, the peer support team. We, we used to do the post-fire critiques, and it and it it wasn't so much to pick apart people as it was to talk and share and not lay blame. And, and we didn't do that often enough, and it and it was it was frowned upon. I think by some of the the senior guys, as like, you know. They they would look at it slightly different, but it's super important, man. You know, when when I look back over my time here, there's been some shit that's happened that you know what I relive on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, part of the brotherhood is being able to have an open way, open communication with uh, with with your with your boys and and the gals and and uh, you know share shit, talk about things. Yeah, it's really good. And, and uh, you and I have done it many a time.
0: Yeah, you know, for each other.
1: Both, yeah. I, I know when shit's uh, bothering you and yeah. vice versa. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think if we don't do it, we're, we're we're doing ourselves a disservice. It's been really good for me. I, I've needed to do it. I, I've, I've sought help outside the, the department as well at times. Yeah, me too. Just because uh, I, I can't deal with it properly. Drinking, working too much. Right. You know, the moods, the aggressiveness.
0: But you talked about how rolling Oh, shit, dude. That's...
1: You know what? The, yeah.
0: That was a game changer for you. Absolutely. An outlet and a, a focus.
1: Yeah. When, when you relieve that stress, you're in the moment. It feels good. I'm not thinking about that baggage that I may have brought home with me. I can't just leave it. Sometimes it just sticks with me and it's mm-hmm. uh, It's tough.
0: Have you found a way then the to? Yeah, have you found a way to? Uh, well, I, mean, I guess you've watched yourself just like I have. You've watched yourself go to the red to the green. Like you've watched yourself do that enough times, that you know, it will shift. Mm-hmm. You just got to find the way to get back there.
1: I can see it now, though. Right. Like now I know. Right. It's like oh fuck, me. you know what? I'm in the orange zone. Oh, there it is. There's the red. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but when you when you've been there enough times, you know that that it's gonna pass. Oh, for sure. Right, and that you're going to find a way somehow to compartmentalize it in a healthy way, and yeah, put it in that good place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 uh, it's all a mindset and on, on how I package things, uh, and then if there's a learning, a learning moment from it, I, I try to file that away as well, and then just make sense of things. But sometimes it, it, it takes uh, another person's perspective to sometimes jar that or to, to trigger it kind of falls back on everything that we've just been talking about today and that's you know that self-evaluation the critiquing sometimes you need that person on the outside to say hey man check this out great people at the city uh, great people within the department great friends they're there barring that they don't bullshit you and and they're honest with you dude there's lots of takeaways ton of takeaways
0: just make use of the resources
1: yeah and and it makes better things better for our families too in some, some degree, because sometimes I don't know that they know what the fuck they signed up for. <laughs> right. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Has that been a journey in itself? You realizing family and the effects on family and oh, for sure. how to do I, that better? And
1: in, in a lot of respects, I, I wish I had done things differently in a lot of ways, but it, it, it was my journey and, uh, and I embrace it. Yeah, no, I, I wish I wasn't as hard on uh, my kids or my wife at times, but... It is what it is. Yeah, we all. I, I can't change it now. Yeah. But I, it's I, all I, I, hindsight. Recog- I recognize it though.
0: And there's a lot of life ahead, right? That's not, nothing's done.
1: Well, exactly. I'm, I'm trying to get better, believe me. <laughs> that, that'll that be my goal when I retire, man. Just yeah. continually self-improve and, and uh, do better. Be a mm-hmm. nicer person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a good balance. I'd, I'd stick yeah, with yeah. it if I were you. All right, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. I've, I took a lot from it like I always do.
1: Well, you know what? I enjoyed it. I love uh, what we do. I've got a great amount of respect for for this uh, platform, and you know, hopefully, somebody gets a, a little takeaway, if not a couple of laughs. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it today, Scotty. Cool it was awesome,
0: man, awesome. All right, all right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. All right, see.
1: You. Cheers.